I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Usually play a sort of 3 4 1 2. We'll see how that pans out as the addicts get us underway. Well, you've got uh, Butcher over this. Struck on the near side and it's flown into the top right hand corner and it's Pell who hit that from distance. And the ex Charlton Academy player has enjoyed that. And Charlton certainly haven't. And the visitors take the lead after nine minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's a very, very good strike. Stop to try and take off his toes. It might run to Gilby, it does. Gilby, crossing opportunity towards the near post. It's come up defender and gone in. And John have an equaliser. Superb, tenacious work from Alex Gilby. Not only to receive the ball, turn, spin with it, and manage to keep it in for Chon. I think it comes off Morgan last, and Chon have the equaliser. Yeah, and it's come out of nowhere a little bit, hasn't it? If anything, Accrington were looking to extend their Switches lead. the play across to McConville who looked to take on Gunter approaching the penalty area McConville onto his left foot with the cross it comes across to Pell at the far post unmarked too easy from a child perspective Pell gets his second Accrington get their second Pell holds up the ball for Accrington inside to Hamilton who will drive forward for the visitors on his left foot will go for goal and manages to convert and Accrington have a third Cut inside Albie Morgan with a shot on the edge of the penalty area. Call out the Charlton defence, the Charlton goalkeeper, and Accrington make it 3 1. Yeah, sorry, I sat down and, um, uh, you, you, you know, you're letting a player drift inside. Into the channel on that uh, Charlton left hand side. Can he get there first? So uh, he does as well. Superb work ahead of a manqua. Drilled ball across and it's uh, cleared, but Andy's for a Stockley who drilled it home. Jonah back in this. Superb work from Washington. And that is the final whistle. Charlton going down to second successive defeat. This one at the Valley. Points from getting out of the drop zone as well and it's two games that we had an opportunity against two sides that were struggling for form we haven't managed to pick up any points and, and, and you can't keep conceding three goals at home two goals at home you can't keep needing three goals and four goals to win games and unfortunately it's been our undoing on too many occasions where we just look a bit too fragile defensively and uh, we spoke about a few weeks back how would we try and change it it would be to try and go back to not conceding goals and we we just can't find a balance at the moment where we've got a team that's hard to beat and unfortunately that's led to back-to-back -to -back defeats 
and it's hard to know where to go from there. Listen, it's not nice. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say it's nice because it's not. It's not pleasant, you know. And if someone's, I think if anybody here is getting um, shouted out of the way that people are venting the frustrations, you know, you'll either collapse and go into a corner or you just have to stand there and, uh, and understand why that is happening, you know. I think I'm a good person. I don't think I'm a bad person. I think I've got the right values in life. Now at the moment, results are going against us. And because of that, I, I will be, and I, you know, I'm the one who's got to be accountable for that uh, and be the one who's got to be the brunt of all the frustrations. Now, at the end of the day, if the frustration comes on me and it doesn't go on to the players, hopefully the players then can play with that freedom and that confidence because ultimately when the players cross the white line, there's the team there, they've got to, they're the ones passing the ball, they're the ones keeping out the back of the net, they're the ones putting in the back of the net, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I understand that, you know, I share the fans' frustration but that's, that's the football side of it. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live on a dramatic day at the Valley as Nigel Adkins is relieved of his duties in SC7 and Johnny Jackson comes in as the caretaker manager. My name is Louis Mendes. Thank you for joining us and we'll be discussing everything that's happened at Charlton today. Joining me to do that first up, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, how are yeah. you? Are you still in shock? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm surprised it took as long as it did, to be honest. So, yeah. uh, yeah, no, no shock here. No shock there. What about you, Lewis? Cat, are you, uh, are you sad to see Nigel go? Um, I'm sad for Nigel because I think he's a nice bloke, but I think the change was, was definitely required. So, um, happy the change has been made, but yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Nigel Atkins as a person. Yeah. Well, we heard there just, uh, in the intro, uh, Nigel Atkins' last interview as a Charlton manager, just a snippet of it, obviously coming after that home defeat against Accrington Stanley uh, that sees us still stuck in the relegation zone. It's, it's just been a, a dreadful start to the season. Unfortunately, uh, the axe has swung now uh, from Thomas Sangard. Nigel Atkins has uh, been let go. We're going to hear uh, throughout the show the first press day from Johnny Jackson, uh, the caretaker manager now. Uh, Terry was down at the uh, training ground to speak to Jacko. Not long after the news broke that he will be the caretaker manager uh, so we're going to hear that throughout the day uh, throughout the show we're also going to hear of course from Thomas Sangard uh, the man who's had to make that decision um, he uh, spoke to the club earlier we've got that and we've got plenty of reaction from you guys uh, as well to the change at the helm uh, some people uh, suggesting who they'd like to see as manager next uh, given the, their reaction to, to Nigel leaving and to, to Jacko taking over uh, as caretaker we will look ahead uh, briefly to the Sunderland game of course uh, a big game up at a stadium light on Saturday not an easy one uh, to start for any manager um, and uh, we'll look ahead to that later on in the show but I mean Tom then you know we, we said it on on the show on Sunday I think we were surprised he was he was still there after that loss at Lincoln many people were surprised he remained in post after the defeat against Bolton a few weeks ago you know but I, I think you know the the time has come now, unfortunately, for Nigel, and time for, for for Thomas Sangard to draw a line under it and suggest that this wasn't this wasn't working. Yeah, yeah, writing's been on the wall for a few weeks, I think, and it's difficult. I I know I haven't been on the show for a while, technical problems and whatever, but I never like to see a manager lose his job, uh, and I know you guys that have been on the show have been saying the same. You know, as a, as a show, we try and and be pro manager where we can but you know ultimately it hasn't been good enough and 
I think we're all surprised by it. You look at the run that we went on the back end of last season when he came in, uh, was obviously was obviously good. I think on the whole, we were pleased with the signings we brought in, perhaps a little bit late in the window, but the, the actual bodies that we brought in, we were pleased with. And I think what, for me, the takeaway from particularly Lincoln and, and uh, Tuesday night has been is it, it has to just be an issue with, with Nigel. It, it just has to be because it's it's the shape that's wrong and it's the the reluctance to change things that, that seems wrong to me. And ultimately that rests with him. And I echo what Lewis said in that intro. You know, I said I wasn't shocked that he's gone, but but like Lewis, I, I am sad for him. You know, he, he comes across as a as a lovely bloke and I really wanted it to work out. And as I say, I don't like sacking managers just for the sake of it and short-termism in football. But I think when you look at how we've started this season, it was the only decision Thomas could make. I'm surprised he... He waited as long as he did, but I think ultimately whether it's the right call will be proven by what happens for the rest of this season. But something had to change and, and I just didn't see it improving under Nigel, unfortunately. So, yeah, on to the, the Jacko era now and it will be very interesting to see how long he gets and what he can do with this side now because I think we'd all agree that they have underperformed in terms of their ability so far. Mm, yeah, I mean, as Tom says, I think the writing's been on the wall with Nigel for a while now. Uh, unfortunately, and it is unfortunate because, as again, as Tom says, he's a nice bloke. He's someone you can respect, and I found dealing with him like he was, he he was, you know, he, he, again, he, he always was professional and he was respectful to us. So yeah, I don't think he ever gave much away in interviews, but that's you know that's his prerogative. That's how he wants to handle the press. But he was never nasty with us. He never got snappy with us. Um, so obviously, wish him all the best for for whatever comes next. Um, that that's end of season that we saw last year Lewis you know 10 games one one defeat um uh, with, with a squad that wasn't his to, to come in then and for it to have gone so wrong this year um and we will talk about the the issues with the transfer window and whatever to come after but you know we're, we're in October now we're near the end of October so obviously though it whatever happened in terms of disappointment with fitness, that that should have been drawn a line under a long time ago, and many saw that win at Fleetwood before the international break as the the the, the chance to really kick things on. But the two performances we've seen since then, the Lincoln defeat, and that may have been a last minute defeat, but it was a, a really sloppy, poor performance again. And then Accrington again, there were the, the, the spells during that first half against Accrington, where I honestly thought some of these players had never never seen each other before. They were they were so off it, and they were. S- struggling to sort of link up so much that it just looked it, it looked absolutely bizarre to see it playing out in front of me obviously they did improve at times in the, in the second half when they made a late rally but it was way too way too late by then um so I guess Lewis the question is what on earth happened over the summer and, and why did Nigel not find that winning formula or, or at least a formula to get something more cohesive out of his side this this long into the season yeah it's a it's a difficult one isn't it because you you touched on his run at the end of you know the last season when he came in, in at March sort of time to replace Bowyer and he did a fairly decent job really we just finished shy of the playoffs the performances were were fairly good we got big wins against the likes of Sunderland and Doncaster and people like that that were really good performances as well and complete performances um, and beat Hull on the last day as well so we, we performed okay under him and the confusing thing is a lot of the the players that we we had at the time. We've we've actually brought back in, you know. It's only re- the biggest one for me is the fact that we we never replaced Chucks and Ek, and and he probably gained us so many points 
from the bench, even as an impact player, and his goals would have would have won us so many points last year. And I think that we never truly replaced him. That's one factor for it for me, I think. But apart from that, I mean, it, it's difficult to see because when I was looking at the calibre of player coming in, I think Tom touched on it then, you know, the squad on paper is is a very decent squad. They're good players at this level, but on paper, um, and we're not seeing their potential at the moment. And for whatever reason, you said about the performances, you know, we spoke about it on the show last week about how this it would be a great opportunity at Lincoln, who aren't in the best of form themselves to go up there and, and try and get something and then get a bit of a run together. And then you come off the back of that game to face an Accrington side that have got the worst away record in the league and try and get a victory at home to get your fans back on side. And then all of a sudden, you're two wins on the bounce heading up to Sunderland full of confidence. But we didn't see any of that. The performance up at Lincoln was diabolical. It was disjointed. We showed absolutely no game plan whatsoever. We had no identity, which has been a common theme throughout the season. And we lost, as you say, to a 90th minute winner. But if we hadn't lost that game, it would it would have been a complete injustice to Lincoln. Uh, and then the the game on Tuesday went into it with a little bit of hope. I actually thought that we might have nicked something on Tuesday because of how poor their away record was. But we find ourselves behind. And, and again, there's no identity and there's nothing. There's no sort of drive to, to change it. And we're in the stands. And as soon as that free kick was about to be taken, I was like, this is the moment that something goes in. And all of a sudden, you, you find yourself in an uphill battle because I know as soon as we concede... We go to this game plan of hoofing the ball long and there were so many moans and groans of the ball being hoofed up to Stockley and going over his head and straight into their keeper's arms. And yeah, another disappointing defeat Tuesday with a poor performance. And, you know, it, something's alarming. If you can't turn that around, like we've, we've had two opportunities where we've we've won a game and then we've had the international break and we've not been able to to do anything with it. Whether that we would perform better if we'd have had a game in the middle to continue a bit of momentum or we're not, you know, doing the right things on the training ground to to build on these things. I don't know, but it's a it's a failure on both occasions now. And you know, we're 13 games into the season, four points adrift in the bottom four of League One. And if you'd have said that's where we'd be this stage of the season at the start of the season, you know, we'd be really laughing probably. But it's a real reality now, and the change had to come. And as you as you said, you know, it's a shame because Nigel's a nice guy, but it just wasn't working on the pitch. And ultimately, it's a results business, and nice guys don't always win. And you know where we are right now. It needs a serious transformation, and you know now it's in the in the hands of Johnny Jackson temporarily to try and get us out of this mess. Mm. Are there any exonerating circumstances that Nigel can blame Tom? Obviously, I, you know I mentioned the the fitness issue and and the late coming together of the squad earlier on, and that's something that Nigel himself mentioned quite a lot. Um, the inability to name a settled side obviously didn't help um but I mean can you cling on to that can you say that what that caused at the start of the season can still be the reason for where we are now we've got ourselves into a rut or something I think I think the late the late transfer business has played its part definitely obviously I don't have the stats available and I don't see what happens on the training ground but I find it hard to believe that at this stage in the season having had two international breaks he couldn't have got the players up to speed in terms of their fitness. And I also struggle to believe that he hasn't had enough games to find a settled side. So I don't think he can he can sit on those as excuses. I think the late transfer business, yes, that did play a part. But for me, uh, and I echo what Lewis says about the performances in the last two games, you know, if we'd have just lost those slightly, I would understand it. And, and even though both were by one goal and the, the Saturday game against Lincoln was in the last minute, both of those games we lost comfortably like 
comfortably, even though that goal came in the last minute. We were nowhere near winning either of those games. And for me, it's, as I said earlier, his reluctance to change. I don't think those other things are the reason. You know, he brings he brings Connor Washington on, a man who I thought was very, very impressive last year. In the glimpses he's had this year, I think has been good. It's no coincidence that when he comes on, he runs his ass off, he wins the ball back and we score a goal a few minutes after he's come on. That's that's happened. What? Why is he not playing? Why is he stuck with this one up front? You know, um, so things like that. I just think there has been a reluctance to try other things, and and maybe it, I don't know why that is, and, we, and I doubt we'll ever find out. But no, I don't think. I think he'd run out of excuses. I think the the transfer window played a part. I think Thomas gave him time for that. I think we gave him time for that as well. But I, I just think patience had run out all round and, and I think deservedly so. And again, I go back to what I said. I don't like saying that because it's nothing against him personally and I really wanted it to work out. But I just think his time had run its course ultimately. And Jacko has obviously come in and said he wants to shake things up. And, and that's exactly what we need because we're second or third bottom. The, the clip we heard at the start of the podcast where Nigel was sort of saying how it is difficult to, to be stood in the stadium and to hear some of the things that get shouted in football stadiums. And it's not a new thing. You know, we've all been going football all our lives. It's probably out of everywhere, probably the place you learn how to F and Jeff and, and, and to hurl abuse at people. That's, that, that is the game, unfortunately. And I don't think it will ever change. I don't think I'd ever want it to change completely. But um, it is tough. And it does... It, it I, I think it was better for everyone that Nigel was taken out of that firing line as well at the moment in time. And I'm sure he could stand there and listen to these sort of things, but it it, it, it got to a stage where the, it would have taken so much for Nigel to win the fans back over that it was, it was actually getting quite uncomfortable. And, and, and it, 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 I'll say it as well. It was uncomfortable to do some of these interviews that we've had with Nigel after games. You know, I think the first real one after the Bolton game, when he he looked like he'd been hit by a train after that, you know those three goals we conceded in the last fifteen minutes or so and lost four one, having played quite well for an hour, and then obviously at Lincoln, um, that one that one was actually quite a frustrating interview because he felt like he was he was making excuses a little bit, whereas last the the, the last game against Accrington, it, it felt inevitable that the writing was on the wall for everyone as well, so. That it, it, it it's been a hor- it's been a really nasty, disappointing, and, and horrible situation, and that's why sometimes it is also best just just to get him out of the firing line because you could see he was upset about things, and and it, it just didn't felt didn't feel like there could have been a way back, Lewis. No, it didn't, and you're right. I think you know he, Nigel Atkins is a nice bloke. He's a genuinely nice person. He has a great um, you know personality, and and his presence on social media when he first came in, especially was really welcomed and people got into the walking videos and you know just a a genuine nice person so when you see someone that you know is that nice you know getting absolute pelters because he's not doing a great job it is difficult to be a part of that but ultimately yes sadly it is the game and it is football and you know Nigel won't be the only manager and he definitely won't be the last to to receive abuse uh, and and you know issues like that because it's just the way the game is these days and it's always going to be like that because ultimately your, your fans want your team to do well. And when it's not doing well, the buck seems to stop with the manager. Um, and, you know, I think it's the right time for him to come out of that. I think what you said was bang on. You know, the Bolton game, 
we we fell apart and i think he as you said he looked completely sort of just exhausted and destroyed and then we went and got that win which probably would have put a bit bit more confidence back in him and then yeah the lincoln game he maybe dressed it up a bit and then yeah like you say by tuesday it almost felt inevitable um and maybe it was the right time to pull him out of that situation because he's a human being at the end of the day and i think if if the trigger wasn't pulled by thomas i think it may have only been a matter of time that that he may have resigned himself if you know after a while if you're if you're facing that much abuse week after week and as you say it's kind of irreparable that relationship with the fans especially because of how bad our start has been it would have probably taken a sort of like a 10 game winning streak to to even consider getting it turned around and and that's not looking likely at the moment so i think it's probably the right time now you know the axe has swung and he's gone uh, of thomas's orders but i think really nigel probably knows it's the right time and i think he'll probably be not grateful, but but understanding that it, he's he's come out of that situation now. Mm, well, we're going to hear from Thomas Sangard uh, in a few moments' time as well. But I want to hear from uh, the man who takes over the reins in the Valley hot seat uh, in a caretaker capacity, at least Johnny Jackson. Um, no secret that he's wanted uh, the job before. He spoke to Terry today during press day. Uh, Terry asked Jacko, or, or Mr. Jackson, as I shall be calling him now that he is the manager, uh, if he will be throwing his hat into the ring. Well, I've had a real brief conversation with uh, Mr. Sangar this morning, and uh, he's just hinted, you know, for me to to take the team going forward, and uh, that I'd be afforded every opportunity to try and impress him. Uh, and yeah, like you say, throwing throwing my hat into the ring, I'm, you know, that's long been an ambition of mine to to manage this football club, to get the, you know, the, the opportunity to play for it, to captain it, to then coach it. Being, becoming the manager would be sort of fulfilling the, the ultimate ambition really. So um, yeah, that doesn't change. That doesn't change and I'll be giving it, not just for me, but for the football club, giving it everything I've got to try and win games and get us out of this position that we're in because we shouldn't be there. So before, I mean, the, the fans, obviously will be right behind you, you know that. Uh, but when you consider the position we're in, even going back to Tuesday, you know, and, and uh, obviously it can be a toxic place when any, any football ground can be a toxic place when teams aren't doing well. But that period in the second half when you know, we, we went at uh, Accrington and, and the, the crowd were well behind the team and up for it. So can you portray that to the players that yes, all right, you know, things might have been difficult, but when, when they need to be the crowd are you know, right behind the team? Well, that's my job. You know, I've been in it long enough to see the, the effect that the crowd can have on the team. and It's my job now to, to get the lads into a place where I, I, I know from if, if a Charlton team is at it and working and running and hassling from the first minute, that the crowd are going to get behind it. I know that. So it's my job now to, to get that out of the players question will be why why hasn't it not been happening to now but you know the past is a past we can't change what's gone on now it's it's my focus and my job now to portray that to the players you give them everything you give everything for the shirt and they'll give you everything back and that needs to be the, the bare minimum the bare minimum and I believe we've got enough quality in the squad that if we can bring that that we'll go on we can go and win football games and, and hopefully go on a run and get ourselves out of this position. Just finally, you said, uh, you know, everybody knows that it's an ambition for you to manage this club. Um, you're in that learning process, or you have been in that learning process, despite what's gone on, despite the difficulties we've had. You've still been able to learn um, from you know, people like Nigel and, and, and everybody you've been under up to this point? Yeah, I mean, you always, from, from the minute I sort of set my thoughts to coaching, even when I was still playing, you're looking at, 
coaches and the managers that you're working for and you're taking the good and the bad out of the situations that you see, you're always thinking about what would you do, how would you have dealt with this situation and uh, I, feel like I've, I feel like I'm starting to get quite a bit of experience now. Through my playing days and now having been coaching for, for a good few years and having worked under a few different managers now, um, it definitely helps sort of broaden your horizons and just see different styles and, and pick little things from, from different people that, that you like or what you don't like and just sort of try and come up with your own way of doing it with, with, with the good things that you've seen and parking some of the bad. Uh, but ultimately I've got to come up with my own style when I've got my own style uh, and now I have to imprint that on the team because it, what we've been doing isn't working clearly so I need to, I need to do something different players need to do something different it's a, it's a collective we all need to do some things differently and we all need to try that a little bit harder and push harder and just see what we can see what we can find really because uh, the position we find ourselves in isn't a good one but I'm confident that we've got enough and I'm confident in myself to be able to drag it out of these lads to, to get results there we go that's Jacko I mean he made, made no secret of the fact that he wants to do it um Tom, he's wanted to manage in the past. I think when when Bowyer took over from Carl Robertson, I feel there was some within the club who were surprised that it went to to Bow and not to Jacko. Uh, we think probably he would have been very keen to have got the job when Nigel took over. Uh, now he's going to be given his chance to to do it. And I mean, I, I can't imagine there's a single Charlton fan out there who 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 wants this to go badly. I mean, the, it's it's so different supporting this club when there's someone you really look up to at the helm. And that's one of the things I did struggle with Nigel. Is I got, again, I've got nothing against him. Just didn't know the bloke. Whereas with, with Bo, uh, with Pally, with Alan Kerbishley, obviously, because he was the manager the entire time I was here. I imagine for people with, with Lenny Lawrence as well, uh, who, who obviously did, did good things while he was a manager. Once, once you get a rapport with, um, with, with people at the club, and obviously Jacko's got that in, in abundance... It, 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 you really, you really get behind the team. It, it really becomes part of that cause again, and, and you really want to see him do well, not just for the club, but for him as well at the helm. Yeah, I, uh, I was very surprised he stayed when when Nigel got the job. I thought he would, uh, when he was kind of overlooked, uh, I thought that would be that, and obviously he chose to stay on as assistant. I'm now genuinely terrified, and, and I say that because in my time supporting Charlton, I've never wanted a manager to succeed more um obviously I always want Charlton to do well but the idea of him not doing well I just can't can't conceive that really because as you say when I started supporting Kerbishley was already here and uh of course I have huge respect and and love for for Lee Bowyer although I, I never saw him as a Charlton player and Chris Powell but perhaps not quite the same affinity as I as I have for Johnny Jackson, and, and not quite the same adoration for him as a for what he's done in his Charlton career. So, yeah, and I think there will be a lot of people who feel very similar. And, and ultimately, if he does get the permanent job, he is just a manager, and he is as fallible as everybody else, and he's as at risk of losing his job as anybody else would be. But the collective will to get behind him. We've seen what a difference that can make at this club. You know, Powell came in as a rookie. Boya came in as a as a rookie in terms of managers. But that affinity just carried them. And, you know, with, with Adkins, I go back to a tiny point I made uh, with him, you know, not clapping the fans. Tiny little thing. And, and it shouldn't mean very much. But 
especially for our generation, we have always grown up, or almost always, if we ignore the, the Belgian years, almost always grown up with somebody who has that affinity for the club in charge. And that connection means a huge amount. And so he will certainly have a, a little bit of leeway to start with, with most people, not everybody, but most people because of that connection. And ultimately, I think that that will drive the team on uh, and make a difference. And yeah, I, as I say, I go back to what I just said at the start of this point, which is I've just never wanted a charter manager to succeed more. And I just wish him all the luck in the world. I just hope it works out and I hope he gets his chance. And, you know, he's not going to be the manager forever, uh, but I just hope he, he can turn this around and ultimately save this season because I think playoffs probably done now anyway. The ultimate thing is we just need to make sure we're in that division next year to have a good go at it. And I just hope beyond everything that it's, it's with Jacko in charge. There was an argument, Lewis, a, a lot of people, well, uh, uh, some people said that you need a clean sweep. You know, Jacko's been in the building for a, a number of years now. But I mean, a lot of people saying, well, he's part of this, what's happened under Ekin so far. He was part of it all going off the rails with Bo. Yeah, but I guess, I mean, for starters, you never know how, how much a number two is is part of it. I mean, someone someone pointed out, I think, on the forum or something earlier, very, very interestingly as well, that, you know, when Bo came in, one of the first things he did was change formation after Robinson. Uh, and Jacko's, you know, whilst, whilst he was here under the previous, obviously, the previous few managers, one, I mean, the, the thing I found really fascinating was he, he comes in, talks about needing to get his own style uh, and, and imprint that on the team because what we've been doing isn't working clearly he's drawn a line already underneath the Adkins era and that's what he has to do yeah massively and I think it it sets the stall out for Johnny as well because this is his opportunity now I think you know last time we speak about when he was in contention for the job before Nigel came in it was just that one game wasn't it you almost feel like a decision was made and he was just sort of seeing that game through uh, for Nigel to take over when he came in but this time, you know, for Thomas to come out and publicly say he's going to give Johnny Jackson the opportunity, I think, you know, that he obviously sees something in him. And I think we all do. And as Tom said, that that affiliation with the football club is so important at Charlton, especially because we've seen previous successes under the likes of Boyer, under the likes of Chris Powell as well in recent history uh, that have been some of the best times of, of some of our supporting lives. So I think that, you know, as Tom said, it, I, I'm desperate for it to work for him. So... I, I think it's a good choice. I'd I'd rather he was given the opportunity to do it. I don't think there's as much pressure on at the moment. I mean, of course, we need to get out of the situation we're in. That's a given. But there's a lot of time to do that. I don't think any of us are mounting the pressure on him to, to get us promoted this season or get us in the top six. We saw it with Chris Powell when he came in fairly inexperienced at the time. That that season, you know, it didn't end great. After Parkinson left and Powell came in, you know, I think we finished sort of 13th, 14th maybe that year it wasn't a great season and then you start putting your style in place in the following year we had that massive turnaround and and look what we did so I'm not saying that the history can repeat itself and and that could happen again but I'd much rather especially at the moment given the how you know the, the morale of the club as a, as a whole not just on the pitch but off it as well in the stands needs that lift of somebody that just gets it and I think Johnny Jackson is that person so I'd like him to be given a fair crack of it now I don't really agree with the points that he should go as well because I think as an assistant you only have so much influence on a manager's decisions. Um, so I think you can't really judge Johnny Jackson's um, performance in the role until you've given him a fair crack at it. I don't think you can judge him on on Nigel's stats or Bo's stats or whatever. 
I think now Johnny Jackson's got the opportunity to do things his way um, and a bit more of a longer stretch to do them. And hopefully, as Tom said, you know, I've got everything crossed and, and I don't think I've ever wanted it to work for someone more than I, than I do for Johnny. So I really hope it does. Mm, absolutely. I think, um, you know, when Jacko took over after Bo did leave and, and he had that game where he came back from 2-0 down against Bristol Rovers, uh, last season that was definitely right up there with one of my favorite games of last season certainly the most I've celebrated a goal uh, inside the valley because it was for Jacko uh, or, or I'm not going to call him Jacko um, and uh, yeah it, it was extra special and it will certainly be extra special if he can you know find him, himself in a position to take this job on and and, and to achieve success but uh, obviously uh, is a big decision today for Thomas Sangard. Uh, you know, he was at the game on Tuesday to see the performance for himself in the flesh and to hear the atmosphere within the stadium uh, and how f- far away we were from, you know, being where we wanted to be and obviously wanted Nigel to do well, but it hasn't happened. So he was uh, asked by the club today uh, how it felt for him to make the decision that he had to make. Honestly, I'm gutted that we had to say goodbye to Nigel Atkins. Uh, we had a, a tremendous end to last season where very much thanks to him, we, we only missed the playoffs by the goal difference. It, 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 it was really exciting to see how it all clicked towards the end of last season. Uh, we haven't had the results at the beginning of this season, and this is very much a results-driven business, if you want to call it that. And um, therefore, we, we had to, to inject a change. We have to do things differently, and it, uh, it obviously starts with the manager. Um, so... Um, I'm sad to say that uh, despite the, the great influence Nigel has had on, on this club already, that we have to say, say goodbye to him. But we have to look forward. We have to, we have to really collect a lot of points here soon so that we're not too far off when we get into the spring. Of course, uh, we, uh, we're looking at w- what's available out there as, and at the same time uh, allowing Johnny Jackson to, uh, to work, work himself into the job. And... Um, he uh, he obviously is could could be a good choice for us long term. I, I certainly hope so that it it would develop that way. Johnny Johnny has a great history with the club, uh, obviously as a player, but but also as assistant manager here recently. Uh, he's 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 a great addition, and uh, I certainly hope to see uh, good results, but also uh, good performance on his part. That's Thomas there. Um, it, it, it must have been hard, uh, Tom, because. When when you get a manager in, I mean, everyone now is discussed. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there discussing with hindsight, well, oh, I told you Atkins was going to be rubbish. But, I mean, you know, he had proven track record beforehand uh, at this level in particular. He got promoted twice out of this division. Um, you, you never really know how it's going to go with a manager. Um, so he must be so disappointed that this is the way it went and... and empathetic as well everyone felt sad that this decision had had to be made but it but it did have to be made and I think as well he has to Thomas has to admit he made a mistake now you know and as you say hindsight's a, a wonderful thing but he has to admit that he he got that choice wrong and for a rookie owner for someone who hasn't obviously he's been in business a long time I'm sure he's made decisions in his business life similar but for a football owner you know, relatively new in that experience to come in to put your stamp in, to bring all these people in um, and have the setup that you want and for that to not work out, you know, to admit that is probably tough, uh, particularly if you're a successful businessman because you'd assume he, he doesn't make too many mistakes in those areas of his life. Um, so, yeah, it is hard and, and I wonder if that's why he's 
taken the time that he has to just give him a chance. As Lewis said, I think it would have taken eight, nine, ten straight wins for, for Nigel to turn that around. But be interesting to see how much of a difference Tuesday made just in terms of seeing that atmosphere. It was, you know, it was clear to all of us that, that it was done by then. There, was, there wasn't really any coming back from that. So, yeah, I think he, you know, he's been, he's been ruthless in the fact that he has made this decision. But I feel he's given Nigel the time and, you know, he's, he's ultimately made that call for the, for the, um, for the club. And, and that's ultimately what, as an owner, you have to do. You have to look at that and, and see where things are. And, and as I say, you have to admit that you've, you've got that wrong. And they were patient in that signing, weren't they? You know, when they brought him in, they said, we've been looking, we've got a short list, you know, we've been thinking about it. Now, how much truth there was in that? I'm not, you know, I can't say, but if we take them on face value, you know, this was a, a considered appointment when they made Nigel Atkins. It wasn't rushing into it. And as you said, his CV speaks for itself on the whole, pretty positive, but just didn't work out for whatever reason. Uh, I don't particularly particularly know why, but yeah, I think, uh, as you said, and as we've said really throughout the show, the, the decision was kind of made for him on Tuesday night, and I don't think he had any other choice. Mm. And uh, again, I sort of mentioned it earlier, I guess he's, he's still learning. Um, and we spoke about what Nigel sort of said about the, the summer and, and it being too slow. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Nigel will, will, would have felt disappointed about that. Do you think Do you think Thomas will sort of look inwardly and, and think, well, maybe I should have done this or that differently. Maybe I could have made this appointment there in terms of, or maybe I shouldn't have made this appointment there. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 he'll, he'll make sure that he take some experience from this and, 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 and try and improve for, for when he needs to, if he, if he feels so, I guess, Lewis. Yeah. I, I don't think the blame can rest solely at the, at the feet of Nigel. I, I think that mistakes have been made throughout really. I think maybe we underestimated the, the competitiveness of the division maybe, or we underestimated the, the need to, to strengthen in the window as, as much as we actually needed to, because the business was left so late and, you know that that added to sort of not the excuses but the issues at the start where we found ourselves in the same position under Roland and, and under ESI even but mainly Roland but we didn't have the opportunity to to have a fully fit side throughout pre-season to prepare and instill a system and a way of playing and build relationships with teammates and and partnerships in in defense or strikers or or whatever we, we didn't have that time i know i know this year was a bit different because the pandemic has definitely played a part in in the windows and we had the euros as well so there's been a few things but i still think that we acted too late in in a lot of the things you know a lot of the stuff was panic buying, not panic buying but we reacted very late in the window um we put a team together very late in the window and by the time you get that those players up to speed you're you're kind of 10 games in i mean to be honest are we, we're not even up to speed now so we're 13 games in and we find ourselves where we are I think that mistakes have been made and I think that Thomas will evaluate that. You know, he is a new owner and he's new to the sport and mistakes will be made. I think we have to accept that because there aren't the people here to make the footballing decisions for him at the moment. There are people at the club that probably advise, but there isn't someone here solely, whether that's a CEO or whatever, that can make the footballing decisions for him and advise him from that sense of things. I think that it's it's kind of been a reactive summer rather than being proactive. We knew the rebuild was massive and we didn't take advantage of the time we had in the summer to do that. And we find ourselves where we are. And, and unfortunately, Nigel's the is the sort of land to the slaughter in this in this situation. But 
you know, I think I think he will evaluate, and I think it's a it's a situation he'll have to avoid going forward. And it'd be interesting to see what stance that means he takes in in January if we have to strengthen further to get ourselves out of the position we're in. Right, let's have a break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we've got loads of your reaction uh, to the departure of Nigel Atkins and we'll have a quick look ahead to uh, Saturday's pretty daunting trip uh, up to the northeast to take on Sunderland at the Stadium of Light. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Charlton Live. Uh, officially, this is a big match preview, but of course we've been discussing uh, the fact that Nigel Adkins has uh, been sacked, given the old heave-ho, uh, and uh, Johnny Jackson is taking over uh, in charge. Obviously invited uh, you guys to have your say, as I'm sure you can imagine uh, that there's hundreds of messages again in our inbox, so I'll, I'll get to a handful of them. Uh, and again, don't be too uh, upset if we can't read your one out because uh, there's literally, if I read them all out, we'd be here all night. But um, let's have a quick look. Um, Graham Clark is saying he'd like to see George Costa uh, coming in. Uh, I know he's been, he's been managed. I did see something with the uh, the mod mag uh, suggested that George said he'd love to uh, to manage the, the club at some point. That'd be fun at some point. But yeah, um, interesting, uh, that one. Um Let's see. Uh, Moses uh, says, uh, "Hi guy, uh, hi guys. Love the show. Give it to Jackson. Long term, looking at our successful modern managers, they've all been ex-players. Uh, Charlton always do well uh, when there's a Charlton man running things. Uh, fans will give the team everything uh, under Jackson uh, as well. Yeah, certainly agree with that." Phil says, "Hi guys. Disappointed it hasn't worked out for Adkins. Genuinely a nice guy, and I wish him all the best. Uh, I don't seem to be the only one though that is unconvinced that the Jacko Yule caretaker role will work." I sincerely hope it does, though. Uh, whatever happens, we do need a younger, more progressive manager, an exciting team to go and watch. Uh, let's hope by the time you read this out that on the pod, uh, the Jed Roddy has packed his bags uh, as well. Well, there's uh, nothing to suggest that's happened. Uh, I mean, 
that I, I understand why people are, are slightly cautious as to whether Jackson and Yule's going to work, Tom. Because I mean, yeah, they're inexperienced. We don't know. I mean, they, they've they they know the club. They've done done the badges and obviously worked with youth levels. And Jacko's been an assistant manager for a while. I mean, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a tough one to be thrown into, but. Let's not forget that the the bloke we've got rid of is someone with huge experience with promotions from this division before, and that hasn't worked out. So, yeah, I, I think that Boyer was rookie, as I said earlier. Powell was rookie when he came in, and it has worked out. So I get the caution, because it, it's not always going to be the case. And as people have said, Jacko's been involved for a while now uh, under this manager when it hasn't worked out. But I just feel, and maybe lots of people feel this about their club, but I do feel our club is different in terms of that that relationship. You know, we have had ex-players in that role a lot over the past 30, 40 years. So, yeah, I, I do think we're slightly different in that respect. I don't know how many other clubs could say they're in a similar sort of position or certainly that a managerial position has been filled for that amount of time by ex-players or people involved with the club. Uh, so... Of course, there is caution, but as I say, the the bloke before was a very experienced manager, and that didn't work out. So, there's no that I can see no rhyme or reason as to why one does and one doesn't. But yeah, I just, as I said earlier, hope it does for uh, for all of our sakes. Mm. Uh, proud to be English and British, uh, says we should go for Steve Bruce. Uh, although he appears to be an Aston Villa fan, so I don't know why he's getting involved. <laughs> uh, right, Liz uh, emails, uh, says, uh, Thursday morning, 10.30. I'm so relieved. Uh, like everyone else, I wanted Nigel. Uh, sorry, I liked Nigel uh, as a person, but it's been obvious for weeks that things weren't working. I love JJ, and he will have the advantage of the bounce effect. Uh, it also gives him time for a proper choice to be made, but I'm not sure he has the experience to deal with a team in such dire state. Uh, and he has been part of the coaching staff that has got us to where we are. Uh, at least uh, it's a change. Hopefully it will be for the better. Thanks for your show. As always, uh, fair and interesting. That's from Liz. Thanks. Uh, Liz Craig said, that it's Defo the right decision uh, for Adkins to go? Sadly, he didn't replicate his initial form. He's not a bad guy, but he's out of touch with the modern game. I really want JJ and you all to work. Uh, and no better place to start than our Wembley Power Sunderland. Our season starts here, up the Roaring Addicts, coming you Reds. That's from uh, Craig. Cheers, Craig. Uh, Tom says, disappointed to see it didn't work out with Adkins. As a football manager, uh, you could clearly see his positive coaching philosophy, but in terms of a tactical philosophy, uh, we were only showed glimpses of it last season. It seemed to fall uh, to fail to cross over to this season. Uh, I'm not sure that's down to recruiting the wrong players or for how he wanted to play or just not getting it through to them on the training ground. Either way, I can't say that I don't agree with the decision to let him go. I'd love to see Jacko and your work, uh, but I am basing that more on heart than head. If it doesn't work, then I think we may need to poach a manager from a team who's doing well instead of managers who have been out of the game for a few months or assistant coaches from bigger teams. I wouldn't be disappointed in Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Uh, he would be my choice, but it's whether we can persuade him to join a club in our position from one in and around the playoffs. But for the moment, I'm fully behind uh, Jacko. And your Kevin's got a suggestion as well. Chris Powell, uh, he's done it once. Uh, we got the highest points total in our history under Chris Powell. He has a relationship with Jacko and Jason Yule and will give Thomas the positive man at the helm who can uh, organise a defence. Um, Steve says, hi, chats. First time in a while I've written after enjoying the start of the season. Uh, I'm glad to see Nigel move on. He's a nice guy, but personally, I thought he came across as very aloof uh, when discussing football. Yeah, I could see that and uh, never really took the time to understand the club and its bonds uh, with the fans, which was a real mistake. Uh, it feels clear to me that something changed over the summer 
but I'm still not sure how that led to the awful football uh, of this season. I'm 100% fully behind JJ. The word legend is used often nowadays, but in his case, it's fully valid. However, I feel he's been given a really bad hand here as a first-timer manager, given the state of the squad and the morale around the league position. Realistically, uh, I see us looking for a new manager in five to six games' time. If that happens, I want to see a young, modern, dynamic manager to completely change the football and the mood and the culture uh, around the club. Um, says that we're an untrusting bunch of fans uh, and whoever it is that gets a full-time job, we need to put aside our well-known distrust of people and outsiders and get behind them to move this club forward. Uh, we are the best fans going. When we have momentum, we just need uh, to get the right team in the boardroom and dressing room to fire it up again. Uh, it says, come on, uh, Johnny Jackson's Red and White Army and Roddy out. That's from uh, Steve. Uh, Pete said, uh, I know lots of people will disagree with me, but I think Thomas has made two bad decisions today. First, uh, the sacking of Nigel. I see the results of poor performances, but who are, here are two things to think about. Uh, Thomas has said in numerous interviews about long-term plans of Europe in five to ten years, if this is true, then why rush to get yet another manager? Assuming we get a new one by Christmas in the 14th, uh, in the 14 months, he would have had three managers and an acting manager in Jackson. So potentially we're looking at a relegation, avoiding scrap. Uh, let's be honest, uh, we've been in a few, so one more won't make a bit of difference. But what happens if the replacement can't turn things around by mid-January? Sack enough one, it's what we do now. Uh, we won't get in a relegation scrap, but we will because of the fans' self-opinionated belief that they have the answer, uh, which of course is to give the job to a former player. And that uh, brings me to Thomas's second bad decision, he did what the self-believing fans wanted. He gave it to Jackson. It's Jacko, the legend, wore the shirt. Fine, but what has he achieved managerially? Uh, using the criteria of former players who've worn the shirt, Jason Ewell has more experience, a proven track record, and a history as manager or coach. He should have been given the nod uh, by Thomas before Jackson. He said, then my final point, um, when did a former player wearing the shirt be proven as guaranteeing the person is a great manager? Um, some of us, some have had mild success, but the vast majority don't go on to become incredible managers at their former club. Uh, I mean, no, I don't. No one's suggesting that it guarantees success. I guess Tom uh, and, well, I mean, the point there from Pete saying if you sack a manager now, would would you have to sack another manager? Three? I mean, you can't have let this go on much longer, surely. That that's what I would have thought. I. As far as I could see, and I think I said this a bit earlier in the show, we we were heading for relegation under Nigel. I don't I don't think that's overstating it. Now, obviously, he might have turned it around, but I saw I saw nothing on the pitch to suggest that. And we've seen some bad stuff. And obviously, I've only been supporting the club. You know, I'm only 31, so I've not been around as long as as Terry, for example. But I can't remember seeing a team that looked so unlikely of winning a game as the team that I've watched in the past few weeks. And I just didn't see anything that suggested that was going to change. So, no, I, I think, like I think Lewis said earlier, that he's got, you know, I I would have said that playoffs is written off anyway now. So the only thing to concentrate on is is securing football in this division. And I think with a few wins, we'll start to creep up that table a little bit. And, you know, if we were to go down, if that was still to happen, then that's a conversation that we can have later in the season. But... I would argue that under Nigel, that was potentially going to happen anyway. So, no, I, I disagree with that point slightly. I do agree, as you just said, that you know, bringing in an ex-Charlton uh, player doesn't guarantee anything. But the proof over the last few that we've had is that actually it, it can make a bit of a difference and, and it can transform things. So, 
yeah, I want to see him given time. I want to see him given a chance and let's see. And, and Thomas is going to give him that chance. And ultimately, if in five, six games, Jacko hasn't won a game either, then I'm sure Thomas will be very clear about what he's going to do next and, and bring somebody else in. But I just didn't see it changing under Nigel. Mm. unfortunately yeah no certainly right let's have a look at some of the tweets that have come in as well Joe Puddyfoot made me laugh this morning uh, saying that I demanded that the news was broken ahead of the Charlton Live show <laughs> just for the downloads well yeah, it makes it better than the time that we used to do stuff just after a Charlton Live show so that's worked out quite nicely Joe uh, Craig said it's 100% the right decision you can tell that uh, Nigel had lost the dressing room and the respect uh, of the players Dan said it hadn't worked out it was bound to happen with the form we're on uh, and the way the fans reacted after the game on Tuesday night. now facts and stats I did ask in the tweets uh, who would you like to go for next? Uh, facts and stats. So stick with Jacko. The first priority now is 50 points and staying up. Uh, Keith says it was a decent guy, Nigel. We had to go. Uh, it's a results business at the end of the day and we're not getting any JJ coming in for now to try and stop the rot. But long term, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll get behind him 100% though. Uh, first guy was uh, getting enough points uh, to stay up. And Mike says it, the decision had to be made to get rid of Nigel. It should have been made a few weeks ago. Steve-O, shame, really wanted it to work out with him uh, after the good run in last season. You don't make a bad manager or player overnight, so I'm not sure what's gone wrong, uh, but I wish him uh, all the best. Carl says, we need to reevaluate our expectations now. There isn't a chance of promotion. It's about finding that identity and staying up. Staying up is imperative, and a mid-table finish uh, would be success for a new manager over 30 games. Well, I'll put that question to you then, Lewis. What is success now for the rest of this season? And if it is Jacko who stays, or if it's Jacko who does it for a handful of games and then someone else comes in, what is success now? Playoffs 10 points away? I mean, you get you get a remarkable new manager bounce, the, the so-called new manager bounce. And I mean, I, I don't think we will, but I guess maybe you could play yourselves back into that conversation. But I mean, what would, what would you consider success for whoever comes in if it is Jacko? Or, or whoever replaces Jacko between now and the end of the season? I think really the, the reality of it is, as you say, I think the playoffs is incredibly unlikely. So I think the main goal now really is just getting out of that bottom four, but also just seeing an upturn in performance levels and and you know making the performances a bit better. Because what we're seeing is it's not just been like we've, we're losing games and it's been unlucky and we've been in it. We've not. We've been completely out of it, if I'm honest. So... I think the main thing really is we, we don't just see an improvement in terms of results, but as in performance overall. And I think as alluding to what Tom said there, you know, Johnny Jackson will give the entire place a lift because of the affiliation he's got with the supporters and he's got with the football club and people will be desperate for him to succeed, like we've just said. So I think that that will help. It will give everyone a lift in the stands. The stands will give everybody a lift um, on the pitch and, and it can be a perfect thing you know there's no guaranteed success in any of this and it, and as you say it could in five or six games we could be in the same position or worse and then they they evaluate it and they'll bring someone in but I think really what we need at the moment is that Charlton person to come in and, and give the place a, a bit of inspiration and a bit of a lift and, and I can't think of anyone better to do it than, than Johnny Jackson. Mm, well Terry Connolly says uh, we should go for Eddie Howe uh, says if JJ was any good, Bowyer would have taken him to. Isn't Eddie Howe linked with the richest club in the world now in Newcastle? Well, we could try. Um, Jack says uh, George Costa or Michael Bill. I think he's the uh, the coach at Rangers, isn't he? Who's got some sort of connection to the club uh, from back in the day. Simon says maybe Chris Hewton uh, or even Stuart Psycho Pierce. Uh, I think there's a danger that JJ and Jason Yule's reputations could be damaged if they take over in the long term uh, and we end up going down. Plenty more tweets that have come in to us. Uh, if you have a look in our mentions on, on Twitter, uh, you'll be able to see what everyone said. But if, uh, we're, we're coming towards the end of the show and I do want to have a quick look ahead to the game at Sunderland uh, on Saturday. So let's hear from Johnny Jackson uh, again. 
the caretaker manager. It's a tough start to life in charge for him. Yeah, very difficult start, obviously. Um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind morning, obviously not going to have loads of time to prepare that, that you normally would do um, to, to sort of bring my own stamp on it. But what a great game. What a great game for us. Something to look forward to, something for the players and, and us coaches to get our teeth into. Uh, difficult tests, team in good form, but what a, what a place to go and play, play football. And for, for me personally, to lead a Charlton Athletic team out there as caretaker manager will be a real honour. I know look, we are in a difficult position, as I said um, but can you see this as a little bit of a free hit? Because you know, obviously you've been thrown in a little bit of stupid with only a few days to prepare. You know you're a club legend, you know what the fans think about you. We can go up to Sunderland, there'll be a decent away support, probably a few more now maybe, uh, going up to, to the stadium alike. Do you see this as, uh, as a little bit of, uh, you know, just um, something you can just enjoy a little bit, if, if it's possible to do so? I'll do my best to enjoy it. As far as a free hit would, you know, would suggest that I'd be happy losing the game, which, which I'll never be. So um, I know that it's a real sort of, Task to go up to, to Sunderland and win the game, especially when you know they're in good form. We're not in good form, so on paper it's a, you know it's, it's a difficult game. But I fully believe that that we're capable of going there and getting a result, um, and and that's what I'll be thinking, and that's what I'll try to be trying to get across to the players that we have to believe we can go there and win. There's no reason that that, that we shouldn't believe that. So yeah, difficult one to start with, um, but I mean, these these are the games that you're involved. In. With football for. Is it something you can impress on the players when you, know, you are going to the stadium alight and it, you, know, you, you look at Sunderland and where they are and flying and we're not so much but it's you know, like the Valley it's a stadium that uh, they should enjoy playing in and if uh, your way crowd can uh, you know, a thousand plus or however many it's going to be can get me on the legs it, it could be a decent place to play football. For me you shouldn't need motivation to go and, and play your football anywhere really but certainly when you're walking out of places like that you know you're in a proper game and you're at a proper football club in, in front of a great crowd we'll have a great support there so that should be motivation alone. But obviously, you know, that's my job as manager to to really get that extra ounce out of them. Can I push them, push them hard? And I will, I'll push them. While I'm afforded the opportunity, I'll push them as hard as I possibly can and let them know what, what, what the requirements are to play for this club. And going up uh, up to Sunderland, obviously we know about Ryan and, and Jake are still, still away from uh, full fitness, but uh, what about the squad? Obviously, Harry Arter had a knock and, um, you know, um, Elliot Lee's been... Uh, been ill so have you got a full squad aside from the ones we know about to, to pick from? Yeah Art has obviously had, had a little knock and, and missed the game in a week so we're just assessing him to see whether you know he, he can play a part um, but you know we had a training group out there this morning we had some lads on a sort of recovery uh, from Tuesday night trying to get them as fresh as we can for Saturday and then training the ones that, that haven't been involved so I've got I've got a good squad of players there to choose from. It's just now down to me to pick an eleven, and uh, obviously with with my with my staff's help to pick an eleven, pick a squad that's that's capable of going out there and getting a result. That's Jacko looking ahead to it. I want to see. Already spoken, Tom, about the fact he's going to try and put his own stamp on the side. What would you like to see change in terms of personnel or formation or something in in the very short term? Obviously, he's only got. A, a day and a bit on the training ground to do that but what would you change between now and Saturday to go to a side Sunderland who already have three times as many points as us uh, who are scoring goals for fun uh, and uh, certainly going to be up there at the end of the season I mean this, this is a daunting test and I mean what does Jacko do to change things to see us go up there and get something I think formation has to change first and foremost I just 
don't like the way we've been set up. I don't think it works with this collection of players. Personnel-wise, I don't want to necessarily speculate. I'm interested to see who he picks. Um, but I think you could argue that you know there aren't many people that have, have torn up trees yet this season. But I think formation, definitely. I think the other thing that I want to see a difference, and, and Lewis mentioned this earlier, is that fight and that desire, that pressing, that chasing players down. Uh, and that is something that he won't let them get away with. And I feel too many of those players have. So uh, that's the big thing I want to see. As you said, daunting task. Fully wouldn't be surprised if we go up there and we don't manage to get anything from it. But what I want to see is that we we had a chance and that we fought for it. Because those last two games, as I said, up until the last minute, we were in the Lincoln game score-wise. And we were only a goal away from getting a point on Tuesday night. But outside of the score, we looked miles away and we never looked like getting anything from either game. So... That's what I want to see. I want to see the Charlton that, that we know, a Charlton that digs in, that fights for, for points. And I think we've got the players that can do that, whoever he picks. They just need to be set up better because I don't think Nigel has set them up correctly. And then they need Jacko breathing down their neck and I don't think he'll let them get away with slacking off. Uh, and if that happens, irrespective of whether we get a result or not, maybe that will be the thing that starts to turn the corner. Yeah, obviously we went to Sunderland last season and got a 2-1 victory. Uh, goals was an own goal, wasn't it, from Ryan Innes's header. Uh, and then Alex Gilby. That was a completely an unexpected result. And imagine if we do do that, I'd, I'd be tempted to give Jacko the, result on a spot, the, the job on a spot based on uh, how well Sunderland have been doing this season. But I mean, obviously it could be a massive lift. And again, you know, a side that needs a lift, a side that needs something to go right. But... As Tom says, I'd accept, I wouldn't accept a, you know, you don't accept a defeat, but you'd understand a defeat with a better performance at least. Yeah, you would. I mean, I, I do kind of have a little bit of faith. Now the change has happened. I know that you, you we alluded to like the new manager bounce, you know, it, it, it could come into effect. You know, we have a fairly decent record against Sunderland. So I'm feeling a lot more confident about the game than I was this time yesterday. Um, and definitely this time on Tuesday. So, you know, who knows? It, it will give everyone a lift. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people going up there. I think about 950 tickets have been sold for the game, which is amazing. You know, we'll be up there. It'll be loud. People will be behind Johnny Jackson. And you just never know. And as Tom said there, and, and as Jacko said in his press release, he don't want to put his own style and his own shape onto it. If it's something and we see a lot of changes that we haven't seen under Nigel, then then maybe you know that he, as people have said, he he, he maybe should have gone with Nigel. That he didn't get the chance to put his stamp onto things. So it will be interesting to see how he lines up. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm feeling more confident now. You know, I'm, I'm not expecting us to go out there and storm it because it would be silly to think that. But I think that we can at least try and get a point up there. And you never know, we might might nick a 1-0 win where we're getting peppered for 90 minutes, but just get lucky and nick one goal. You never know. But I'm feeling a lot more confident now. Yeah, 5-0 win. The battle for survival starts here, I agree. Right, we've uh, come to the end of uh, this uh, week's, well, officially big match preview, but obviously uh, the show where we've been discussing uh, the departure of uh, Nigel Adkins, the Addicts boss sacked uh, this morning by Thomas Sangard, Johnny Jackson coming in. Uh, as caretaker manager, he'll take the side at Sunderland, assisted by Jason Yule. Busy show. Uh, thanks to everyone who got involved. Uh, and, and again, sorry if we didn't get to your messages, but uh, make sure you have a, a look through our Twitter mentions to see a, a whole wide range of views of uh, people uh, bidding farewell to Nigel and suggesting who they think should, uh, should replace him. Uh, so thanks to everyone who got involved. Thank you to Tom and to Lewis for being with me this evening. 
Cheers, Cheers, mate. See you Saturday. Good to speak to you both. I'm Louis Mendes. See you all up there, if you're, especially if you're hanging around in Newcastle on Saturday night. I'll be out and about uh, throwing some shapes on the various dance floors. God, I dread to think what that would look like. Um, but, you know, especially if we win. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening. I'm Louis Mendes. Uh, we'll see you again on Sunday. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.